not about the destination of having this piece of paper that's your business plan. This exercise is just that. It's an exercise. It's a journey. It's a place for you to ask yourself questions, talk to your partner, talk to trusted people around you and make sure that you have your head wrapped around exactly what you're trying to do and see what kind of epiphanies come up along the way. Kenza Collective is a platform designed to inspire and support parents who work as independent contractors. We are a community of like-minded parents united in our vision that career and parenthood can exist in harmony. So whether you're thinking of taking the leap into freelancing, you're a seasoned freelancer looking to learn more about how to run your business, or you're anything in between, we welcome you. Together, let's reinvent what it means to be a working parent. No matter what kind of business you're starting, whether you're going to be a solopreneur or a startup with a lot of investment, one of the very first steps you'll need to do is write out a business plan. Now, a business plan does not have to be some big 50 or 100 page document. It can be one or two pages, it can be 12. The length and the detail really depend on who it's for and what you actually need to do with it. The point is that it's very important crucial for you to do your due diligence before diving into something, especially when that something is going to be providing for your family's livelihood. Now, this doesn't have to take months and months to put together. It might, but it doesn't have to. And it doesn't have to be scary or complicated, but it does need to happen. The point of sitting down to think through your business plan is to make sure that you've done your research and that you truly understand the market you're getting yourself into. Even if you think you have it all under control, do this. You will thank yourself later. Once you have your plan in place, you'll want to revisit it once a year, update it as needed, and also use it to inform your decision-making process along the way. And when you get so busy that you forget, you need to make this a priority. Put it on your calendar. Beth has a great tip of having a company birthday. And on your, on your company birthday, do this type of stuff. So in this episode, we're going to mainly focus on the financial side of your business plan. Because after all, this is Finance Friday. But before we dive into that, we wanted to just provide a few questions you may want to ask yourself getting started. So the four main questions are, number one, why am I starting this business? You want to list out your personal and professional reasons. This will help you to guide your decision-making process and can be a place that you return to when you're faced with some tough decisions. For example, if you're starting this to have more time with your family and you have a potential project in front of you that is going to take you know, force you to work 60 hour weeks for a couple of months. Well, that's really going against why you started this in the first place. So get really clear on your why around why are you even doing this? Then the next question to start to think through is what service or product are you going to be providing? Now, is that scalable? Can you create processes that will help you outsource the service or product? What new skills might I need to learn in order to do this? What skills do I already have that will help me accomplish this? All of those types of questions. So really get clear on what you're going to be providing. And you can also take that step by step. So you could say, phase one, I'm going to be providing this service. Phase two, I want to help. I want to try and provide this product. Whatever it is, you can phase it out like that. But think through that. The third question is, who is my target audience? And how do I plan to reach them? 
how large are, is my target audience? Really start to understand who it is you're going after. For example, I'm a, I do freelance project management, among other things. And my target audience within that context is usually smaller, medium-sized businesses. I feel really comfortable there. That's where all my experience is. I like working with smaller teams. And so that's my target audience. So it's important to understand that. And then lastly, what are my short and long-term goals? So these can be both financial and personal. For example, you may have a goal to earn 80K in your first year, or maybe you have a goal to only work 50 hours per week. Whatever your goals are, make sure they're realistic and measurable. All right, so there's a lot of resources out there when it comes to putting together your business plan, including resources probably within your own city or county. For example, I was able to go through the Small Business Development Center here in Santa Cruz and meet for free with a local business coach. And over the course of a couple of weeks, he helped guide me through a one-page business plan process that he leads other business owners through. And it was really helpful. And he was able to very objectively, non-emotionally, just sort of talk through my ideas, help lead and guide me to a place where I had a really great business plan in place. So I highly recommend looking up these resources in your area. Um, SBDC, Small Business Development Center, is actually um, covers the entire U.S. and you can go to americassbdc.com for more details. So today, like I mentioned, we want to fo focus mainly on the financial aspect of your business plan because, like I said, it is Finance Friday. So Beth's going to walk us through all the things you need to think about from a financial aspect as you start to plan out what you're going to be doing with your business. And as you may have discovered by now, if you've already gotten started, your startup costs and your monthly expenses can really start to add up. So it's important that you have a realistic expectation of what this business is actually going to cost you. That way you can go into this with a plan and with your eyes wide open and hopefully minimize the amount of surprises that come along the way. All right, Beth, anything you want to add to that intro before we get started? That is fantastic, Tiffany, um, and, and really um, well thought out. And I just want to echo what Tiffany said. Really think this through. You have one chance to do this, maybe. I mean, some of us have started more than one business, but this is your big, this is your big chance. So put the time in and, and make sure that you've planned this out very well. And again, it's, it's very important. But that being said, no pressure. Just, you know, Make sure that you're, you're, you're not um, so stressed about this either, that you're not able to think about solutions and possibilities and, and be, you know, use your imagination. Um, but one of the first things I wanted to talk about when we talk about money is income, which is the whole reason that we're here. <laughs> because we want to be able to do this as your livelihood. Um, so if you plan to provide a service, you need to have a decent understanding of how many clients you can actually service at a time. So you might say, I want to make $1 million. And um, well, that's great. But how are you going to do that? Break that down. You know, how are you going to service those clients? How much are you going to charge them? What will the market bear? Um, you can only charge what the market will bear. You may think that you can bring in one client for $100,000 a week or something, but you know what? You can. So, I mean, maybe you can, but, but know that. Know that. If you can, please share if that. If you can, you should. If you're starting out bringing on 100000 a week, 
please tell us. Please, you please. should be hosting this sure. podcast. Yeah, you should be on here. Let's have you on. Uh, but, <laughs> but think, think of, think of realistically what what are you delivering, and how much can you charge for it? Um, and how much time do you have available to do work? Again, you know, if you're a parent with little kids and a partner and other stuff going on in your household. That may not be possible, especially right now if you're homeschooling. So, you know, think, think, think about realistic, you know, keep it, keep it realistic. Um, if you're selling a product, whether that's a physical or digital product, you need to take into account the fact that there will most likely be a ramp up period to create the product, which means you might not be earning anything during that time. And also you'll be spending money during that time. We'll get to expenses in a minute, but um, you know, that that's to be considered. Uh, if it's a physical product, you may be taking on investment to get launched. So, um, you know, think you need to think all of that through. Uh, def next, define the services or products you want to offer. Remember, this will change over time as you evolve. So be flexible. Really spend some time fleshing this out and make sure that whatever you're offering is something you're actually excited about doing, not just doing that because you think this is going to make you money fast. Um, if it's not something you're excited about, it's not going to last long and you will experience burnout and it is not pretty. Yeah, I, um, I have a good example of this. So when I sat down and went through this process for myself and was really, you know, had, had made the, I hadn't quit my job yet, but I had made the commitment that it was time for me to go off on my own. I needed to figure out, you know, what was I going to offer? Um, as some of you know, by now I'm, I'm very much a generalist and there's a lot of kind of random skills I could offer. Um, so I just kind of, I sat down and wrote a list of all the different things from, from admin to project management, to film production, to what all the things that I could do that I have experience in. And then I went back through and thought to myself, self, what do you actually want to be doing? And what do you definitely not want to be doing? And that really helped me to cross things off the list. Um, you know, you could do the KonMari method where you ask, would that task or would that service bring me joy? And if it's not going to bring you joy, then, then you don't need to launch with that. And what's really nice too, is that you know that you can always fall back on those skills. So I know if times were tough and things really dried up, I could always go be a virtual assistant. I could always go do some basic admin work. I could always go do something like that, that maybe I'm not jazzed about to do forever, but I could fall back on that if I need to. But I found it really important to start with what I actually am interested in doing and really focus on selling those skills first. Yeah. And from there, you're going to, the great, great points, Tiff. And from there, you're going to want to determine your pricing. Um, now, this is going to vary a lot based on many factors. So we won't get into this discussion here, but you will want to do your research on this. So there are ways you can find this information out. You can ask other freelancers how much they're charging. You can look online. You can join communities and forums. But do your homework. There's a lot we can say about pricing yourself, but we'll, we can do a whole episode on that another time, and we will. Um, and then put some numbers on it. So now that you know what you're going to be selling, how much time do you actually have to sell that thing? For how much? Even if that number is a rough estimation for now. So, you know, is it 50 bucks an hour? Is it 75 bucks an hour? Is it 100 bucks an hour? Like what, 
you know, what can you make for that skill that you're going to sell? And then you can start to calculate how much you can realistically generate each month. Now, that's the income. Now let's talk about expenses. So your goal in this section is to set a realistic expectation of how much money you will need to spend to make this thing work. And remember that your biggest expenses are payroll and facilities. And payroll includes you, boss. So keep that in mind. Um, you are your, your own number one employee. So what you know, how much money do you need to make to, to provide your portion of support for your family? You may be the only breadwinner in your family, or maybe you're one of two or three. You know, if you have grown kids, maybe you're one of several. But how much money do you need to make? Um, so that's something to consider. And then do you have employees? So remember, if you start to get super busy, it's going to, employees are going to start being a good idea. So um, do you have employees? Do you want to have employees? When do you think you could have employees? Or are you building this thing in such a way that it's just going to be you the whole time? And then keep in mind how stressful that can be. Um, also remember that there are some employees that you don't think about that are actually probably your most important hires, like a bookkeeper or accountant, uh, part-time. I mean, they will save you so much aggravation. Um, also, if you're going to start having other people as your employees, you might want to think about getting some HR consulting. Uh, you can probably get that. Um, you don't need to hire a full-time HR person, but you can, you can probably... Um, find someone who can come in and, and just help you set up an employee manual. And, you know, you don't want to get into lab labor law trouble uh, at this stage in the game either. Um, and so, you know, you can usually get those types of folks um, part-time or contract. You may also want someone to help you with your marketing if that isn't your area of expertise. Um, so think about that. But those will be some of your bigger expenses, especially if you put people on payroll. Remember, payroll is kind of long-term. Um, contractors can help you out for projects, but if you're going to actually have people come and be directed by you and, you know, you're going to tell them what to do and when to show up and all of that, those are employees. Those aren't contractors. So think about how, you know, how much that will cost and, um, Again, in your area, what will the market bear? You know, can you get somebody for 15 bucks or does it need to be more like 25 bucks an hour? Or, you know, find out what, what your lo local labor market looks like. Um, and then the next big expense is facilities. Are you planning to rent an office or warehouse or facility of any kind? And how much will that cost? And also think through the utilities, the rent, and any other expenses, like, for example, if you live in an area where there's snow, you may need to think about having someone snow shovel the walk in front of your, your facility um, or raking the leaves in the front, you know, if that's not provided with your rent of the facility that you're using. Uh, if you're starting your business in your home, which is a good, uh, you know, which is a perfectly fine thing to do by the way, but can you dedicate a space that will only be used for the business? And I say that because later on down the road, when you try to do a home office deduction, it gets a little tricky if, you know, your office also happens to be the baby's room. Um, so think, think about that. And also it gets a little messy and disorganized. Um, so, so how, you know, how do you want to do that? Can you, can you 
put aside a walk-in closet as an office? Can you put aside a, a bonus room or a space in your garage? What, what do you need to do to have your home office space? And then how much will that cost? And then when do you want to move out? Like if you, you know, when you get to the point of having employees, maybe it's no longer appropriate to have your business inside your house. So at what point do you think you want to move into some, you know, rented office facility or, or someplace else? Um, another big one, depending on your industry is transportation. So do you need a reliable car or truck for deliveries or carrying your inventory around? Um, so think about that in your, in your, um, your considerations about expenses. Tiff, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. So those are some, those are the biggest expenses that people need to think about. And then I also kind of made a couple of lists for some other maybe sneaky expenses that definitely snuck up on me for how quickly these add up. So I broke them into two categories, monthly subscriptions for services. Um, so there are going to be certain online services that you will most likely need to pay for. And then there's some that you will want to pay for. Um, and you'll need to figure this out for yourself. These are kind of some personal decisions, um, but here's some examples. So um, accounting software, something that you can generate invoices with, um, track your expenses, maybe you write proposals from there, maybe you track your time from there. Uh, this is a really, really crucial part of your business and something I highly recommend finding one that you like and actually paying for this. Um, the one I use is called FreshBooks. I, to be honest, I haven't used anything else, so I don't have anything to compare it to. It seems to be fine. I can do everything I need to do in it. I've had no issues. My clients have been happy with the way that it flows. I know that a lot of people like HoneyBook. Um, there's a lot out there. We're not affiliated with any of these. Uh, these are just kind of what I personally have heard about and what I use. Um, and FreshBooks runs about 15 to $25 a month, just to give you an idea. Uh, email hosting, you're going to need, if you have a custom domain, like I have, uh, you know, Tiffany at kenzacollective.com, you need to pay for that. Uh, website hosting, um, on my business website, I use Squarespace and I think it's like $16 a month to be hosting my website there. Domain hosting. So if you have your uh, URL hosted somewhere like GoDaddy or Namecheap, um, don't use GoDaddy by the way. Um, <laughs> if you have your domain hosted somewhere, there's going to be an annual fee for that. Usually it's not much. I think mine is like $8 a year or something, but just something to know about. Yours might be more expensive if you have a more um, a, a specific URL that is highly sought after. And then the other one is uh, ongoing software costs. So if you're a graphic designer or you need to be doing video editing or photo editing, you need to be paying an on, ongoing software subscription cost for that. Um, maybe you have a project management tool that you want to pay for. Maybe you have a social media tool you want to pay for. So these things add up. Um, they don't seem like much on their own, you know, oh, email hosting $8 a month, no big deal. But when you start to add it all together, it can get to be a lot. Now, of course, these are all write-offs, you know, these, these do, um, play out in taxes in a way that it can be helpful for you, but they are costs you're actually going to be paying cash for every month. So you need to be aware of that. And then the other category of these expenses are one-time expenses, usually one time. Um, so equipment, do you have a laptop you can use? If you're doing podcasting, do you need to buy a microphone set up? Do you have a desk you need to get? And you can bootstrap a lot of this. You know, I got my desk off of Craigslist for like $40 and I really like it and it's great. I borrowed a, um, 
I'm currently sitting in a borrowed desk chair from our neighbors who don't use it. So, you know, you don't have to get fancy and spend a bunch of money, but these are things you need to consider. Um, you may want to pay someone to help you with design and development for your website or for your personal brand in general. Um, that's usually a one-time expense. You might have some ongoing things if you need a developer to be helping with your website. Um, you may need someone to help you with copywriting, to help you really hone in on your messaging for your brand. Uh, there might be other services like someone to help you putting, put together a marketing strategy, or maybe you want to pay for a course on how to optimize your freelancing business, things like that, that, you know, all of these are really investments in yourself and in your business. And, you know, we don't, you want to be smart with your money and bootstrap to a point. And then at some point it just becomes a pain if you're, you know, if you don't want to pay for your accounting software, and so that means you're manually dealing with all of your accounting all the time, well, you need to think about that because all of the time you're spending on stuff like that is time you're not spending on generating income. And there is a tipping point where that becomes a problem. In the beginning, yeah, bootstrap, do what you need to do, but be really smart about it. It may make sense to pay $15 a month to have an accounting software automatically do things for you so that you can focus on producing actual income. So just be careful about what you're um, being too stingy about sometimes. <laughs> and, it may, <laughs> and you may be spending money on things that aren't your favorite thing. Like accounting is not, uh, as for many people, not their, not their favorite thing thing to be doing. Um, but I can tell you, somebody like me ends up getting hired later for a lot more money to come and sort you out. So um, if you can do it right from the beginning, <laughs> I highly recommend it. Um, and so I, I also want to say that as you as you're thinking about getting started, you also want to start thinking about your plan for the long and the short term. Um, so if you have a spreadsheet software or, um, you know, Excel uh, and know how to use it, that's a great tool for um, creating month-by-month -month projections of your income and your spending. And actually, I, I do have this, this cash projection model that I get my clients to use. And the ones that actually listen and use it are so happy that they do because you can look at, you know, a year's worth of spending and you can say, oh, yes, yes, I see that in August I will have a problem. So let me start addressing that now, now that I have some time. Um, anyway, so we'll, we'll get into that later, but um, plan over your first three to five years. And of course, you have to also take into consideration, how are you financing this thing? Um, you know, are you bootstrapping, as Tiffany said, which means, you know, you're, you're taking the resources you already have and uh, diverting some of them towards building this company, which is a perfectly fine way to do it, by the way. Um, and as you're also as you're planning for the next three to five years, what is the realistic growth for this kind of business in real numbers? So, you know, is do, would you expect that you'd make you know um, x the x number of dollars the first year and then double that the second year or would it be like 50% more the second year or how can you start to plan that um, research that industry in your area and if you uh, have an online um, business that you want to start well then find out what online businesses 
um, are able to charge. And, um, and, and, you know, not everybody puts their, their rates on their website, as Tiff Tiffany and I have discussed in the past. Um, but, but see, you know, find out. There are ways to, to learn what the market will bear. And also talk to your clients. Um, you know, if somebody says, oh, my gosh, that's too expensive. Well, there's a couple of, of ways you can deal with that. But, um, you know, think, think, think realistically. Don't, don't think of, about what you wish would happen. Think about what you think actually could happen. Um, and uh, remember that how you're financing this is also very important because this is a decision that could haunt you for a long time. Um, you know, if you're going to take investors to help you with this, First of all, think, why do I need investors? And second of all, think about what investors are going to want from you. Investors don't just invest money because they're nice, for the most part. Sometimes they do, and if they do, that's great. Um, but keep in mind that they might want something uh, back later. So do you have something that is scalable, that could have good margins, that you could you know, give them a cut of later? Because that might be why they're investing. Do you have any thoughts on that one, Tiffany? <laughs> I'm giggling for because of the the tea up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this was um, this was definitely a process that I went through when starting Kenza Collective. When I when I went out on my own as a just you know doing my own freelancing thing, um, you know I was able to work with my husband and, and talk to him and kind of figure out how we were going to make this work, um, financially. Um, and that is just something I did want to share really quickly when we're talking about money and we're talking about this plan. I think it's really important to make sure that this is a conversation that happens. You know, if, if you do have a partner who is, you know, supporting, helping to support this move, I think, you know, putting this plan together and then talking with them with an open mind is a really important part of this process. There is an Instagram account um, called Doing It For The Kids. They have a website and they're kind of like Kenza Collective, um, but in the UK. And they've been around for much longer. And um, one of the questions, or I'm sorry, one of the podcast episodes they recently did was all about, um, their, someone said, my partner is not on board with my freelancing, what I'm trying to do with my freelancing business. And it's been really hard. Is there any, do you have any advice for that? And we're not going to get into that here, obviously, but it's just got me thinking, you know, especially around finances of just making sure that you and your partner are on the same page. So when I first went out on my own, Spencer and I looked at, you know, what's the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is that we have to live off his income because I'm not generating any money. That's worst case. I'm not bringing in a penny. So let's look at our budget and let's see what that looks like okay, yeah, that would be really tight. We could make it work, but you know, it's not ideal. Um, we talked about what if I only worked X amount of hours and this is probably how much I could bring in doing that. What does that budget look like? So really planning out with your partner, if possible, um, might save some headache down the road and make sure you guys are on the same page. Um, and that was a total tangent and, and not what Beth was teeing me up for, but I did, that just kind of came to me and I did want to share that. What, what Beth was teeing me up for is that when we were starting uh, Kenza Collective, uh, we did talk about whether or not we should take investment. And for a while I was, um, and maybe not even investment because that may imply a return on investment. 
<laughs> but more of seed money or a loan or a line of credit, you know, should we explore these options? And um, I did a lot of soul searching around that. Um, there were good reasons to do something like that. And there were good reasons not to. And Beth has this really great way of sort of just gently planting little seeds in your brain for you to think about, especially when it comes to finances. And she was very much like, yeah, we could do that. But we also don't have to do that. (laughs) And um, I loved that because it really gave me the freedom to really think through it and come to the conclusion on my own that let's try not doing that. And Mm -hmm. what feels good about that is that no one, I I am not beholden to anyone else financially. I am not stressed out about starting a business already in debt. Um, I feel much more empowered and not to say that it would have been the wrong choice to take investment or take a line of credit. And we may still do that. Who knows? But there is something kind of nice about being like, screw it. I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to figure this out. And if I have to work a little extra or I have to sacrifice, um, something, then you know what, that makes it all the more sweeter when it really starts to produce returns. So this is some soul searching. This part of the business plan, you got to do some soul searching, man. And you got to figure this out for yourself. And just the thing that I tell all of my clients when they're wrestling with a decision and that I will continue to tell all of you is to trust your instincts, trust your gut. You know, you know, the answer deep down it's in there. You just need to find it and trust it. And for me, that's what I came to is like, no, it doesn't, this doesn't feel right right now. So I'm going to trust that. All right. Back to you. Beth. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's great, Tiffany. And that, you know, it's, it's so funny because I, I, I kicked that one over to you because I was in the wrong <laughs> part of the plan. But (laughs) that was great that you elaborated on that the way you did. And also, and I, and that also reminded me of um, some other things about borrowing or having investment uh, money. I mean, lenders will want a repayment. And sometimes if you're borrowing from a bank, for example, that those could be pretty strict repayment terms. And there could be interest attached to it. So you want to consider all of that. You know, um, what if what if you borrow a bunch of money, spend a bunch of money, and then you realize that this isn't going where you thought it was going? And then all of a sudden, you can't pay this back the way you uh, agreed to. Uh, I've seen this happen with a bunch of companies. You know, I usually when I get brought in to help them fix stuff, um, that's a, that's I mean, then that means putting yourself on really tight cash budget so you can pay off your, your lenders, which is, which is a hard, hard position to be in. So um, the other thing is while you're starting this business, you may be transitioning out of a full-time job to do this. So what about the idea of trying to build your business? Maybe at, you know, I know, I know you're probably super busy with a lot else in your life, but what about the idea of setting aside some time on, on weekends and at night and starting to do this research then instead of quitting your job to, to start this business? I mean, unless, again, unless you're just in such a terrible place at work that, you know, it's, it's just killing you. Well, then that's another story. Um, but, you know, is there a way you can transition out of that and into this and continue to receive your income? And use that to support this new goal. Um, that's that's not a bad way to do it 
either. And um, again, bootstrapping, um, this is a definition that I found on the internet. Um, I love this definition. To get, to, to get oneself or something into or out of a situation using existing resources. And remember, when you do that, um, you don't end up owing anybody anything. You own your business outright. You aren't beholden to any lenders. You don't have investors leaning on you and saying, you know, uh, I'd like to see you do this. And I, <laughs> we've all, well, I know both Tiffany and I have had experience with heavy-handed investors, and that's just not a pretty place to be um, when you see that happening. And, um, you know, it's, it's better when you don't have to deal with that. Um, so, and then thinking about the future, um, we want to think about future-proofing. So, you know, you've, you've created your, your business plan. You've thought about what you want to do. You've got this plan for the next three to five years, let's say. And, and by the way, just about any plan for three to five years will have changes in it. So don't beat yourself up if things don't go the way you thought they would. This is just a plan. It's just like a roadmap. You know, you start driving to the town and then you realize there's this other road you could take that would like also get you there and you'll see more scenery. And that's okay too. The point is to get to where you want to go. And so after your first year, return and update your business plan based on what happened in year one. And then create a new rolling business plan for the next three to five years. Um, so that would be years two through six. Um, and, and revisit that every year on the birthday of your company. And um, think about, reflect on how far you've come and where you still want to go. It's a great exercise. And all of this, by the way, you know, this is, this is making you sound like you are the general manager of the universe. And we know that you're not. And we know that you're part of a community of family and friends and coworkers and other people that you have in your life that support you and care about you. So if your business plan, if getting to your business plan is creating a lot of writer's block or a lot of like, oh gosh, I don't have time for this, find somebody else, a training buddy, a, um, you know, somebody that you go running with or you go walking with or, or somebody that has some business savvy that's in your life. They don't have to be your best friend, but maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood who like has owned a business, maybe an older person that's owned a business. Use them as a sounding board. Um, get together with them. Have them help you walk through your business plan once a year. Make a date with them. Um, and get some insights from somebody else. And, and especially someone who will help you with critical thinking and constructive uh, feedback. Um, and they also might save you from a disaster. Um, so, and I also want to say two more things. One of them is that this is a living document. So again, it, there's no grading on this. You're not going to get a grade at the end for how good your business plan is. It's just going to be a matter of how well you're able to plan. And we know life is full of uncertainties. I mean, look at us right now in the middle of a pandemic. Who saw this coming a year ago? Um, well, scientists did, but we didn't. Um, so anyway, our life is completely disrupted and we're making the best of it. So remember that a monkey, monkey wrench can fall into the middle of any, any plan at any time and try to be flexible. And so return to your planning process. Okay, this happened and I'm not able to provide this service anymore right now because I'm not able to go out of my house and be with other people. So how can I transition to online? How can I do my business a different way? 
what are the what are the other possibilities um, and I and another another thing I also want to say is I want to caution you about inflated numbers and too rosy of, of um, of business plan numbers as you're getting started. And this is why I'm suggesting to revisit it after a year because this is gonna help you keep your numbers in reality rather than you know throw this whole thing out in the beginning. I'm gonna make millions, millions of dollars every day. Great. Um, and if you do, that's awesome and we're happy for you. It might not happen that way and if it doesn't, that's okay too. Just revisit your business plan and continue to update that. Um, try to keep a spreadsheet of what your plan is for the rest of the year. Try to project out your cash. Again, we're going to get into a cash projection tool here pretty soon. So um, this is a living document. Live with it and, and help it grow just as you're growing. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, this part of the process is, like we've said multiple times, so important. And it's a huge reason why, you know, we've dedicated an, ent an entire content channel on KenzaCollective.com to really the business and financial and legal side of running your company. Because this is the part that can feel really daunting to people. This is the stuff we didn't learn in school unless, you know, you went and got an MBA or something. You know, we learn, a lot of us learned how to do a skill in, or set of skills in school or along the way um, on our career path. We've learned skills and we're really good at that. Um, and you can get really good at this too. It doesn't have to be so intimidating. And we really are passionate about walking you through that process and helping you just really feel empowered. Um, you may be surprised at what this process uncovers for you. Uh, you may have an idea in your head of the services uh, that you want to be offering people or products. And during the course of writing your business plan, you're doing research and you might come across a whole new path that you didn't even know about and your entire plan could shift. Or you may discover that, you know, you really wanted to bring employees on right away. Um, but actually, now that you looked at the numbers, you'd really rather bootstrap for a bit and create maybe a proof of concept before you take on that risk. So like most things in life, pretty much like all of life, it's not about the destination of having this piece of paper that's your business plan. This exercise is just that. It's an exercise. It's a journey. It's a place for you to ask yourself questions, talk to your partner, talk to trusted people around you, and make sure that you have your head wrapped around exactly what you're trying to do, knowing that will probably change, and see what kind of epiphanies come up along the way. Is there anything you wanted to add to that, Beth? Tiffany, did you have an epiphany? Oh, I did. Sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> Nobody can. Literally, no one can help themselves. <laughs> Never have I ever once, ever in conversation, used the word epiphany and not had someone rhyme it with my name. It just, it doesn't matter who you are, how long you've been in my life. My parents do it. Everyone does it. It's fun. I give it. I'll give it to you. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I hope that this was helpful. So just as a quick recap, there's kind of, like I said, there's tons of templates out there for business plans. Um, there's all kinds of formulas and you can go find those and do that. But in general, there's kind of two, maybe three sections of this. Why, ask yourself, why are you even doing this? Why are you starting this? Talk to your partner about that. Talk to yourself about that. What are you trying to do here? Why are you doing this um, on a personal level? What service or product are you going to be providing? 
who is your target audience? Get to know that target audience. Where are they? What do they want? What do they need? Don't make assumptions. Really understand what's going on with your target audience. Um, what are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals, both business-wise and personal? You know, do you want to create a business that you could mostly exit out of in two years and maybe you're just sort of checking in here and there? Okay, that's great. You need to make a plan for that. What is it? How are you going to get there? Um, understand how much you can realistically make, especially starting out and what needs to change in your personal life in order to support that. Do you need to cut back your Starbucks budget? Do you need to cancel some subscriptions? What do you need to do to make this work? What are your one-time expenses and how do you plan to fund those? Do you guys have a savings account that you've agreed you're going to pull out a thousand bucks to get all your startup costs covered? What are your ongoing expenses? How do you plan to cover those? And revisit this often. Work with someone, talk with someone, um, a trusted person, not your grandma or your mom who are just going to tell you how smart and amazing you are and how perfect your document <laughs> is. <laughs> you or, or might tell you everything you do fails miserably. <laughs> oh. That is, depending on the relationship you have with that person. <laughs> good point. Good point. That's the flip side. You never know. <laughs> Um, you know, don't skip this part. It's tempting to skip this and get right into it. But, and, and Beth, I kind of added this in. I'm not sure if you saw this line, so I want you to add to this, but I feel like the, there's the difference between the people who are stuck bootstrapping and stressed out for years and stuck in their business and working a lot versus those who quickly move through that phase and into a profitable and efficient and scalable business, even if scalable just means you hire a virtual assistant and one other contractor. Like we're not talking about scalable to a hundred employees all the time. Mm -hmm. um, this is the difference. It's this that makes the difference. The people who are thinking through and making a plan and trying to stick to that plan and revisiting and refining versus the ones who are just flying by the seat of their pants all the time. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I've done a little of both. Yeah. I've worked with a bunch of people that are doing variations on those two. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. And remember, there are no wrong answers. It's up to you to find your truth and what works for you. Um, and we are here to help you figure that out. And we are here as uh, hopefully a virtual moral support network. And we will give you all of the, the benefit of, of our years of experience um, to the extent possible. So um, please continue following us and letting us know um, what you need to hear from us and what we can help you with. And we will do our best to, to serve you. Yeah, I love that. Um, and if you follow us on Instagram at Kenza Collective, we are um, posting various prompts and questions for our audience to weigh in on what they want to hear. So for example, we've lined up a tax small business tax expert to come talk to us here on the Kenza pod. So just yesterday, um, today as of this recording, it's July 21st. So just yesterday I posed a question on Instagram. Hey, what are all your small business tax questions or concerns? What can we get answered for you? And I also said, you know, we are very open to, we have a content calendar. We have things lined up. We have things we want to talk about. We are way open to pivoting on that. If you listened to this episode and there was one little line that you're like, Ooh, what's, I wish they would have dug into that more. Tell us, just tell us. And Beth and I love to talk. 
<laughs> in case you haven't noticed that already. <laughs> so we, even if it's a quick 15 minute answer to your question, tell us and, and we'll get to it. And if we can't get to it, we'll find someone who can. So, you know, join us and let's have fun with this. Yeah. And let's, let's all help each other be successful. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Finance Friday. Uh, as always, head over to kenzacollective.com. Sign up on our email list. You can stay informed about all the great resources coming your way. If you liked this, maybe consider leaving a little review for us. Uh, we love reading those and we just get really excited about uh, the fact that we're helping people. We're like genuinely excited about that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. just super jazz you can't We're super jazz jazz hands, got jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> all right everybody have a great day and we will see you next time <laughs>